been blessed by the music this morning. Let me hear you say amen. 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 It is great to be here in church today. This is always an interesting Sunday of the year. Whenever you spring forward, there are interesting things that happen. There, There are always a few people that show up thinking they're coming for Sunday school that make it in time for worship service. I don't know if that happened to anybody here or not, but, but that is likely to happen. Usually people are a bit more tired on this particular Sunday uh, when we have uh, moved our clocks forward. In fact, statistically, they have proven that there are more Sunday afternoon naps that are taken on this particular Sunday of the year than any other Sunday of the year. So, if you would hold off about 30 minutes on that nap, I, I would really appreciate that, okay? Well, you can, uh, you can pull this up as it's recorded and, and sleep by it a little bit later. I've, I've listened to a few of my sermons, and uh, they've helped me drift off from time to time. But I, I hope that uh, this will keep you awake and that you'll give your attention to the scripture today. It is good to see all of you on this beautiful, uh, sunshiny morning. Well, I want to ask you another question. Do you feel crowded in, in any way this morning? You know, some of you are seated pretty close together. That's good. It's good to have a, a good attendance today, for sure. But if you feel a little more crowded than usual, let me tell you why. There are actually three people who are sitting in your seat. There are three people sitting right there in that section of the pew that you occupy today. You see, there's the person you are right now, and then there's the person that you could be for evil if you were to allow Satan to rule your life. And certainly, none of us want that. You wouldn't be here today if that were your desire. But there's a third person in your seat today, and that is the person you can be for God if you allow Him to continue to grow and develop you and to make you all that He would have you to be. And so with that in mind today, I've titled the sermon, Becoming All God Wants You to Be. And God is all about you becoming that kind of person. He has plans for you. He wants to grow and develop and mature you in your faith. And certainly if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's God's will that you be saved. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I can assure you today, God has a plan for your life and it is a wonderful plan. You don't want to miss out on it. Well, this morning, I want to share this thought with you from the book of First Chronicles. So go with me to the Old Testament, to the book of First Chronicles chapter 4. And in a moment, we're going to look at verses 9 through 10. Now, before I read our text in First uh, Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, I want to give you just a little bit of a feel for the book of First Chronicles. Because to be honest with you, this is one of those passages of Scripture that we look at. One of the books that we look at, especially the first several chapters, that if you're going through the Bible in a year, trying to read through the Bible, 
you get to these chapters and sometimes you read them very quickly and you're prone to skip over them because it's one name mentioned right after another name. For example, let me just give you a feel for how it goes. In, in 1 Chronicles chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahaliel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And it continues on like that. We'll go to chapter 2, verse 1. These were the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And it continues on that same way. And you come to chapter 3, and it says, Now these were the sons of David, who were born to him in Hebron. The firstborn was Amnon by Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, the second Daniel by Abigail the Carmelites. And then it goes on to chapter 4 in much the same way. The sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Well, let me ask you, are you being blessed so far by the scripture reading today? It's, it's a little bit difficult when you read through name after name like that. But there's something interesting that happens when you come into chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Because here's a man, and some description is given about this particular individual. Look at it now. In, in 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Here's a book that reads kind of like a Hebrew telephone directory until you come to chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. One name is mentioned right after another until we come to the name this man by the name of Jabez. Here's a man that almost no one knows. His name is tucked away with some 500 other names in these chapters, and then all of a sudden, a spotlight shines upon this man by the name of Jabez. Why is it that God singles Jabez out in this passage when all these other names are just mentioned and passed over very, very quickly. Why did God single out Jabez? Why is he more than just another face in the crowd? Well, I believe that God puts a special emphasis on Jabez because of his powerful example and how that it can help us to become all that God wants us to be. Now there's a lot of things we don't know about this man Jabez. 
We do not know about the properties that he may have owned. We don't know about the public offices that he may have held. We don't know much about the family that he had or the deeds that he did. But what we do know about Jabez from this passage is enough to change our lives and to bring us to a new state of usefulness in fulfillment to God. And so I want to introduce you this morning to Mr. Jabez in this passage of Scripture. And there are three characteristics that I want you to notice about his life that will transform us. First of all, I want want you to notice the prominence that described him. The prominence that described him. Verse 9 says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. In other words, he stood out from the rest of the crowd. He achieved more. He experienced a greater degree of success. He was not just another one of the boys. He was not just another student over at the high school. He was not just another person living in the neighborhood. He was not just another individual in the workplace. There was something about Jabez that called this, caused this man to stand out head and shoulders above the rest of the crowd. You know, I pray that God will do something in all of our lives that will cause us to stand out and to stand up as a Christian. If there's ever been a time in which the world needed to see the salt and the light in the Christian experience, it's today, isn't it? And so I admire this man, Jabez, because of the prominence that is described to him. And I pray today that God will work in all of our lives and that He will cause us to want to be more than just an average Christian. More than just a mediocre follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that God will give us an aversion to the average. And that God will give us a desire to become all that He wants us to be in service for Him. How do you stand out from the crowd? Well, I believe one of the ways that you do it is to fulfill 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 where the Lord says, those who honor me, I will honor. And if you will seek to honor the Lord in your life, God has a way of honoring you. And when He does, He will help you to make an impact. He will help your life to be more useful and valuable and more fulfilled than you would otherwise ever think that it could be. And so the first characteristic we notice of Jabez is the prominence that is that described him. But there's a second characteristic I want you to see, and that is the pain that designated him. The pain that designated him. The last part of verse 9 says that his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. That's interesting, isn't it? The name Jabez is synonymous with pain. Now, I have known a few people in my lifetime, and maybe you have too, that the word pain would describe them pretty accurately. 
don't look around at anyone right now. It would be a dangerous time to do that. But there are some people like that, aren't there? that we meet, that may be a source of pain in our lives. And I could tell by your response that you've met a few people like that along the way too. But here was a man whose name meant pain. And we don't know all the details that may have been involved in that. Perhaps the mother of Jabez had a very difficult time in delivering him and, and it was a, a very painful delivery and so she called his name pain. Maybe, maybe that was the reason. Or it could be that Jabez was born with some kind of a birth defect that he carried with him throughout all of his life. Whatever it was, we do know this. Jabez's name meant pain. And pain was a part of his life. And so it is with us as well, isn't it? We don't have to live very long to understand that God brings pain into our lives and He does it in some strange ways sometimes, but He always has a purpose in the pain. And Jabez was no stranger to pain. And we're not either. And here's the good news of the gospel. Here's the good news of the Word of God. God has a way of taking pain and suffering and difficulty and He uses it to grow and develop us and to help us become all God wants us to be. Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18. Paul says, For I consider, or the King James Version says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time... Now, by the way... That is some scriptural evidence that Paul was from the south, okay? For I reckon that the sufferings... Paul says, for I consider, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. In other words, God has a purpose for the pain. God has a plan for the pain that we go through and what He is doing even though we are hurting at the moment, God is actually helping us and He is revealing His glory in our lives by the pain that we're experiencing. So in the plan of God, pain and prominence often go together hand in hand. Now, I didn't say that I like that experience. I didn't say that that is always a joyful kind of an experience to go through. And, and God, I wish, many times did it in a different way than He does. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, many of us would not be where we are in our relationship with God this morning if it were not for the fact that God used pain in some measure to bring us to Him. And to keep us with Him. And so God used pain in, in the life of Jabez. And God can use pain in your life and in my life too. Just like a mother goes through an incredible amount of pain to give birth to a child. It's worth it when that baby is born. Just like an oyster gets a grain of sand inside of it 
that irritates the oyster. The oyster is designed of God so that it secretes a substance that surrounds that painful, irritating grain of sand and it covers it up layer by layer until out of the oyster's pain, a pearl is produced. And in your life right now, in the pain and in the difficulty, God is producing pearls things that are of great value to you spiritually that you would not have without that experience of pain. And so as we look at these characteristics of Jabez's life, we see this pain that designated him. But the thing that Jabez is known for most of all is this third characteristic that we're going to look at now. I want you to notice the praying that distinguished him. The praying... That distinguished him. Verse 10 says that Jabez called on the God of Israel. Jabez is known primarily for his prayer. The prayer of Jabez. There have been books that have been written in recent years on the prayer of Jabez. So Jabez is known for his praying. I want to ask you a question this morning. What is it that you are known for? When people think of your name, what do they think of when they think of you? You say, preacher, when people think of me, they think about that wonderful pecan pie that I make. I make the best pecan pie in Starnes Cove Baptist Church. I want to tell you something. I'm ready to sample it any time. You, you, you want a professional opinion uh, about that. Hey, that's a good thing to be known for. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. Some may say, well, preacher, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good golfer. I'm, I'm known around here as a, as a good golfer in the church. That's great. You're totally different than I am, but it's great that you're able to golf. When I go golfing, I get my money's worth, and, and uh, I, I turn a, a round of golf into a hike and into a, a mountain climb and all kind of things as I get out in the woods and in territory where that I'm, I'm not supposed to be. It helps my prayer life whenever I golf. I, I, I have to pray a lot when I do that. Well, what is it that, that you're known for? We're all known for different kinds of things. But Jabez was known for his prayer life. He was known as a man of prayer. Wouldn't it be great if more people knew about us because of the way we prayed and the things that we asked God for? You know, I enjoyed our prayer time this morning that, that William led us in and the specific things that we prayed for in the lives of various people and in the overall ministry of Starnes Cove Baptist Church. We ought to be known as people of prayer. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, my house shall be known as a house of prayer. Prayer ought to characterize us as the people of God. And so what I want us to do now, as we think about this praying that distinguished Jabez, I want us to just look at his prayer phrase by phrase, request by request, and you'll see that there are actually four phrases, four different requests that he makes known to the Lord 
in this prayer that we know is the prayer of Jabez. It says that Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, and here's the first request, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That's a good thing to pray for, isn't it? To pray for the blessings of God in your life and in the lives of other people as well. Of all the things that we think we need in life, there's nothing that we need more than to be blessed of God. We need the blessings of God. Nothing compares to the blessings of God. You can't go into the uh, local Walmart and walk out with a bag full of blessings from God. You can't order blessings from QVC or the Home Shopping Network. You can't get them from Amazon. The blessings of God. You can't buy them. You cannot borrow them from a friend. But God offers to give them to you if you'll just ask. If you'll just ask. And so Jabez asked of the Lord, he says, Oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Now it's one thing to be blessed. And it's another thing to be blessed indeed. There's a difference between the two. And remember I said Jabez was not an average kind of guy. Jabez was a guy who was not ordinary, he was extraordinary. And so he didn't ask God for just ordinary blessings. Jabez prays, O Lord, that you would bless me indeed. And God wants to bless us like that, folks. He wants to bless us abundantly. Why? Because He gets the glory when He does that. And we brag on Him when we're blessed in that kind of way. James says in James chapter 4 and verse 2, He says, you have not because you ask not. So how much is God able to bless? The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, he describes the Lord like this. He says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. How much is God able to bless? He's able to bless exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we would ask or even think. God-sized blessings. Are you praying for them? Are you asking for them? Some people say, well, I don't feel comfortable praying things for myself, but I would rather pray prayers for other people. Let me point out the fact that Jabez asked God to bless him. And it was in God blessing him that Jabez was then able to be a blessing to the other people that were around him. So when we're asking God to be blessed, it's not asking for selfish reasons, but we are asking so that we can be blessings to other people around us, and we can give and we can make a difference to them. And so I ask you, are you asking God for some big blessings in your life? Are you saying, Lord, bless me, and bless me indeed? I heard a story 
about a man who died and went to heaven. And he was being given a tour of heaven. And as they walked through heaven, he saw a huge box that was about the size of this pulpit. And they stopped there at the box for a moment. And the angel that was showing him around heaven, uh, they looked at this box and the man said uh, to the angel, he said, "Uh, what's in that box? And the angel said, those are all the blessings that you experienced while you were down there on earth. Uh, The man looked at that huge box and he thought, he said, I should have been more thankful. I didn't realize that God blessed me that much. I knew He blessed me a lot, but this is far more than I knew that God ever blessed me. I should have been much more thankful. But then they walked on down the road a little further, and they came upon another box. And this box was absolutely huge. It was the size of a warehouse. This box was so big that the man standing there looked down one corner as far as his eye could see and down the other corner as far as he could see. And then he said to the angel, he said, what is in that box? And the angel said, oh, those are the blessings that you could have had if you had just asked God for them. I wonder how many of us get satisfied with a small box When God wants to give us unlimited blessings out of the treasures of heaven. Jabez inspires us to pray and not only ask God to bless us, but to bless us indeed. But then notice the second part of his prayer. He prays and enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Jabez is praying for extended boundaries. He's praying for greater visions. He's praying for his territory to be expanded. He has a vision of of walls being pushed back, of spanning new horizons. He has a dream of a larger life than he's experiencing at that very moment. You know, many of the world's greatest missionaries have prayed similar things to the Lord. Hudson Taylor, the founder of the China Inland Mission, prayed. He said, O Lord, give me a wider usefulness. He's praying for God to extend His territory. William Carey, the father of modern missions, prayed. And one of his statements in life was this, Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Jabez and many, many other people remind us that we ought to be praying that God will give us a larger vision. That God would allow us to see the things that He wants to do in us individually, in our families. What is it that God wants to do? In Starnes Cove Baptist Church, we need to pray that God will give us a vision of that, that God will enlarge our territories. You see, our lives and our ministries are no larger than our visions. Think about this. In the Olympics, there is a sport known as the long jump. And in the long jump... No athlete ever jumps further than he intends to jump. 
He sets his eye on a goal and he may not make it all the way to that goal. But he never goes beyond uh, that goal. He never jumps beyond it. And God has a way of stretching us, of allowing us to see a greater vision of what it is that he wants to do in us. He wants to expand our horizons. There was a wonderful, uh, well-loved uh, Pentecostal holiness preacher who was affectionately known as Uncle Buddy Robinson. And I believe that he had it exactly right when he said this. He says, any Christian is better off to plan to do something big and do half of it than he would be to plan to do nothing at all and do all of it. <laughs> I met some like that, haven't you? They didn't plan to do anything and they absolutely succeeded. <laughs> but God wants to do something in us. He wants to enlarge our territory. He wants to broaden our horizons. He wants us to see not just where we are, but He wants to see, to see our community, to see Western North Carolina, to see our state, our nation, to see a world around us that needs the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jabez prays that God will enlarge His territory. But then Jabez, thirdly, he prays and he says that your hand would be with me. Oh, how wise he was to pray that. Because if you're going to pray for the blessings of God in your life, and you're going to pray for expanded opportunities around you, it's for certain that we're going to need the hand of God with us and upon us in power. The hand of God in Scripture In Acts chapter 7, verse 25, it says that by His hand, God led Israel out of Egypt. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46 says, The hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. In Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 18, it records Nehemiah as saying, Then I told them of the hand of my God who was good Upon me. These people, these heroes of the faith, are recognizing the fact that they are absolutely dependent upon the hand of God being upon their lives. And in the Bible, the hand of God means the hand of power and the hand of blessing. It's realizing that within us, we don't have what we need to get the job done. It's coming before God and recognizing that our talents, our abilities, our skill set is simply not enough to be able to get done the things that need to get done. We come before God with empty hands and empty pockets and we realize that our resources come up short. But when we do, we're to look to God and say, God, I wasn't looking to what I could bring anyway. God, I was looking to you and to what you could give. And so, God, I'm not counting on my talent. I'm not counting on my intellect. Lord, I'm not counting on my creativity. But, Lord, I am counting on your hand of power and your hand of blessing in my life. And so, Jabez was wise enough spiritually to pray for the hand of God to be upon him. Jesus said in... In, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, 
He told us to pray for the Holy Spirit, and he likened it to how that children ask their parents for gifts, and the parents don't give a bad gift, they give a good gift. He said it this way in Luke 11, beginning at verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So pray for the power of God, for the hand of God to be at work in your life. And then last of all, Jabez made a fourth request in his prayer. And he prays, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. That's very much like what Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Where He said that we are to pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jabez is praying and he's saying, God, keep me from evil. Here's a man who had pain in his life. And Jabez had lived long enough and knew enough to know that the worst pain that ever comes into our life is because of our own sin. And Jabez prays and he says, Lord, keep me from evil. God, don't let the pain of sin come into my life. Don't let the pain of sin in my life affect the lives of other people who are around me. Keep me from evil so I may not cause pain. This is a simple prayer. But it's a great prayer, isn't it? And it concludes at the end of verse 10 with these simple words. So God granted him what he requested. Now I have known a few, some of them even religious scholars, who have looked at the prayer of Jabez and they have said that we ought not pray like that, that that's not the way that we should pray today. But I want to tell you something. I don't have a problem with the prayer of Jabez. You know why? Because God didn't have a problem with the prayer of Jabez. God granted him what he requested. God doesn't grant prayers that aren't in His will. God does not give us Answers to prayers that were not a part of his plan. And so it was in the plan of God for Jabez that these things happened. And God granted him what he requested. What is it that you need to ask God for today? Maybe you've been praying for a long time for God to intervene in a situation of a family member that you know and you love and and you just keep praying and praying. And I want to encourage you based on this prayer, keep on praying and keep on seeking the Lord. In a time of transition in the life of this church, 
It's a great time to pray. And I appreciate the prayer efforts that are going on in this church and, and the covenant that you've made with one another to pray for what God wants to do in this place. What a great thing that is. What a great time it is to be able to pray. Maybe there are people that you think of this morning that come to your mind and request and different situations. It's for certain that, that our country and our world needs the prayers of God's people today. Keep on praying. And what God did in the life of Jabez, God will do for you and me too. I want to encourage you through prayer to become the men and the women that God wants all of us to be. Let's bow together in prayer as we prepare for the song of invitation. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning to be at work during this song and during this time of commitment. Maybe, Father, there are people here today who need to make a public commitment by coming to the altar. Others may need to make a commitment unto you right there in the pew where they are this morning. But Father, whatever happens, whatever the decision is, I pray that we will all walk out of this building today becoming all that you want us to be. And that is very much directly linked to being people of prayer as Jabez was. And so God, help us to take this, help us to put it into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that we all stand together. We're going to sing the song of invitation. The invitation hymn is Breathe on Me. Uh, page 238, as Brother Billy comes to lead us in that hymn. Brother William's going to be here at the front to guide and to help us in this time of invitation. But follow the Lord and whatever He says to you this morning. Come as we sing.
free.